Food bloggers, hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. Okay, talk about relevant information, specifically about Instagram. This episode is all about relevant Instagram info that you are going to want to listen to. Lee has grown her Instagram account hugely in the past year. She went from 19,000 followers in February 22 to 164,000 followers today. So she knows what to do to grow, and she's also seen some great traffic to her blog from the growth, which is really interesting as well. So enjoy this episode. It is sponsored by Rank IQ, and it is episode number 398. Eat Blog Talk is here to support you at every stage of your food blogging journey to help you accelerate your blog's growth so you can achieve your freedom. We offer many services that will help get you on the right path no matter where you're at in your journey. Don't forget to check out our free discussion forum at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Go there to connect with like-minded peers, to learn and to grow, and to share any wins that you have. Our signature service is our mastermind program. We are currently accepting waitlist submissions for 2024. So if you want to get on the list for this year-long experience starting in January 2024, definitely do that now. If you are not quite ready for that investment, the Mini Minds program might be for you. It is a six-month program that will help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that are holding you back. And if you're up for getting together in person with some like-minded food bloggers, consider coming to one of our in-person retreats in 2023. This is a great way to get to know your fellow food bloggers really well in an intimate setting to learn a ton about food blogging in a short time frame and to eat some delicious food that you will never forget. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services to get all the information about all of our services. Lee McGuire is the creator, photographer, recipe developer, and writer of the gluten-free food blog Lane and Gray Fair. There you will find gluten-free and allergy-friendly food that is as decadent, savory, and rich as other food while still being simple enough to make in your own home. As a mother of two children with celiac disease and multiple food allergies, Lee knew she wanted to share all that she's learned on her journey with others going through the same situation in a way that's entertaining and helpful. Hi, Lee. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, good. I'm good too. I'm super excited to chat about Instagram and the switch that we're all seeing going from posting really easy photos to now we're having anything through reels. But before we dig into all of your awesome points on that, I would love to know if you have a fun fact to share. I do. I actually have a BFA in acting. I went to college for acting and um, I actually was the ballerina prior to that in my younger years. And one of the things that is kind of funny is I actually use kind of some of my history in ballet in my photography. So especially in photos where you see my hands, I elongate my fingers and try and have elegant looking hands because I feel like that (laughs) makes for a more attractive photo. So 
That's so interesting. And do you feel like without your history, your ballet history, that you wouldn't think of that? You know, it's hard because I feel like when you put your hands in a photo, sometimes it can look awkward or it can look stiff. And I feel like my history really did help (laughs) to try and make it look elegant. That's funny that you say that because every once in a while I look at a photo that I've done where my hand is involved and I'm like, oh gosh, like (laughs) my hand does not normally look like that. It's just like... It's hard because when you're taking a photo, obviously you're not going to be holding a whisk the way you would normally hold it as if you were baking. Right. 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 (laughs) Just like awkward or maybe a little extra plump or like it just doesn't look right. So now I'm going to start thinking about that more. (laughs) Dance hands. (laughs) Dance hands. Oh, I love it. Okay. That's super awesome. Definitely a unique fun fact that I've never heard, but I love it so much. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So you have noticed, as most of the rest of us have as well, that there's been a major switch recently from photos to reels. And I feel like if you don't post reels or you're not doing it somewhat consistently that, wow, you just notice that you get like no traction. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of overwhelming because it's a big change. It is. It is. Yeah. I would love to hear your history with Instagram before we dig into your points because I want to know, yeah, just like when did you start your account? How involved have you been with Instagram? All of that. Perfect. So I started my account around the end of August in 2019. So a while ago. But when I started, I was not being consistent, right? I was posting here and there. And at that time, I didn't even have a blog yet. So I was sharing recipes and the captions, and I was not seeing much traffic at all. And that was at the time where photos were still the main focus of Instagram. Reels hadn't really come into anything yet. So about probably last year, I think around this time last year, around February, is when I decided to make the switch kind of from photos, which even I was posting from 2019 up until last year, so 2022, just photos. And I still was seeing very, very slow growth. So last year at this time, I had 19,000 followers. So yeah, I mean, that's Great, you know, but I had been doing it since 2019. So it was a very, very slow growth. But when I started doing reels last year, this time I went from 19,000 followers to 164,000. So that's about 145,000 followers that I gained in this year since I started doing mostly reels. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. That's a huge success story. That's huge. huge. Right. From taking multiple years to get to 19 and then gaining 145 in one year. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we have a lot to learn from you clearly. Gosh, thank you. So what are some points that we need to keep in mind if we want to have growth as well? So one of the biggest things that I found, and I'm sure a lot of people do know this too, is consistency. I find you have to post every single day. Even I found on the weekends, and I know a lot of people don't, but I found that if I posted Monday through Friday and my engagement was looking good and I was getting follows, and then I didn't post on Saturday or Sunday by Monday again, now anything I posted was getting not that many views. I had to kind of build up through the week if that made sense. And then by Friday, it was like back to doing 
kind of my normal, but then if I didn't post Saturday and Sunday, it was like a cycle. It started kind of all over again. So when I started posting every single day, including Saturdays and Sundays, I started to see real improvement. And I found in my experience, Saturdays, not the greatest day. You know, a lot of people have (laughs) things going on with their families, soccer practice for kids, whatever it is. But Sundays, for whatever reason, Sundays sometimes are my best days where I see the most. So you see the most traction on Sundays. Interesting. Right. Okay. Wow. Okay. So Instagram is like a needy friend. If you <laughs> if you <laughs> yeah. disappear for a day or two, then they're like, oh, fine. I'm going to punish you and you jerk. Right. You're not, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm not letting you in for a while. That is so crazy. It's, it's, it's interesting. And I found that even if you are running around all day and you're busy, like if you have a million appointments and you forget to post and you're like, oh gosh, it's seven o'clock at night or it's nine o'clock at night even. And I didn't post today. Well, it's too late now. I'll just do it tomorrow. No, oh. <laughs> no post. It doesn't matter. Just get it out there because I found that really helps. Okay, so we have to be consistent, right. especially as we're building up. How much of a time investment is this? So, how much time are you spending each day on this? Yeah, it's a decent amount of time. Oh. I mean, not like you know hours and hours, but now that I have a stronger following, I spend less. In the beginning, like when I first started doing reels last year, I think I was spending more time because another thing that is important I found is engagement, right? So if you have people liking your post or commenting on your post, it's super important to respond to them. And even now I respond to as many people as I can without spending hours and hours sitting there responding to every comment because obviously nobody has time for that. But responding to the comments and not only responding to the comments, but going to the pages of people that you follow and commenting on their photos and their reels really does help too. But like I said, last year when I first made the switch, I did really respond to every single comment that was um, made on my reel. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's a lot though. So it was. Yeah. So how do you... How do you manage this time or do you just kind of go down a rabbit hole and just see where it takes you? Well, I try and do it when I am on the go, if that makes any yeah, sense. It's like is. when I'm home and I'm working, I try not to involve my time too much in responding to comments and stuff then. But if I'm out and about, meaning if I'm in the car waiting to pick up my son or my daughter from school and you know you're in the car loop line or whatever it is and you're just killing some time even 10 minutes is better than zero minutes right so I'll just sit there and scroll through and try and respond to um, some of the people who posted on my reels but probably in the beginning I was spending you know like I said more time probably upwards of half hour or something after I posted just sitting there responding to anyone who said something Yeah. Can I ask you about your goals with Instagram? Because I think that's really important too. I've heard just a lot of people in our space lately, just like, why am I doing this? Why why exactly am I doing this? So I think it's really important to, before you dig into all of this, just to sit down with yourself and figure out if it aligns with what you actually want in your business. So what were your goals with Instagram back in February? So a year ago, my goal was to, was different than when I first started Instagram. Like when I first started, 
I kind of was just doing it as a hobby, but then once it shifted and became, you know, I started a blog and now it was a business. So um, about a year ago, I really wanted to get more traffic because I found that my blog was brand new, right? So my SEO and Google needed still improvement, right? So I wasn't getting so, so much traffic via Google. So at the time I was like, if I can build up my Instagram following or my social following that will help send people to my blog. Um, So that was really kind of my goal was to build this following so that I could send people (laughs) back to the blog so they could see my recipes. Cause obviously that's now where I was posting my recipes on the blog versus in my captions. Like when I first started without blog. So since you've built it up, have you noticed uh, an increase in your traffic from Instagram? I have. Yes. So I started my blog. This will be, it's coming up. April will be two years ago. And about six months ago, I was finally accepted to get um, advertisements on my blog. Congrats. That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) So it took a while, but you know, once I started, but not that long since I started really focusing on reels and showing people you know, the food, it definitely did help. And was there a tipping point? Because I I know like smaller numbers, like if you're like 10,000, 20,000, it probably doesn't translate to a ton of traffic. Right. At what point did you feel like it was really worth it? <sighs> Good question. Um, probably once I hit about 50,000, okay. I think, c- c- kind of in the summer, because that's kind of when I got accepted to some of the, the ad networks, because I know like some of them you have to have 50,000 sessions. So I was kind of seeing this correlation between how many followers I had and how many um, sessions oh, I had on my blog. So it kind of did match up. So I feel like probably once I reached around 50,000 followers, I did start seeing more traffic to my blog, which did in turn help. Okay. That's awesome. I love hearing this because <laughs> under 50K, which is most of us, right? We're like, I don't know. Why am I doing this? Right. But to see your story and see that it does actually translate to traffic if you keep going with it, that's this is really inspiring. Thank you. And yeah. I mean, obviously, it's important for Google, you know, to get your right. traffic for your blog that way too. But I thought my blog is new. What can I do right now in this moment? In addition to obviously working on my blog to help. The reels really did seem to help drive traffic. Okay. So how long do you make your reels, first of all? So a lot of people post longer videos and reels. And I think that's great. I do that too. Um, and it's especially good for your blog, obviously, when you have the step-by-step instructions, basically, of, of how to make whatever food it is you're showing. And I do put them on Instagram too. However, <laughs> I found that shorter videos that get right to the point um, basically perform way better. And when I say right to the point, I mean literally only a few seconds, like three seconds. I'm not even kidding. Does way better than a video that's maybe 30 to 90 seconds long. So, for example, um, not too long ago, I posted a video of how to make cookies. It was my strawberry cookie sugar cookies. And the step-by-step video did okay. You know, it got 46,000 views, but it was a longer video with showing, you know, what to put in, how you mix it, what all the steps. But then uh, maybe a couple weeks later, I posted just a quick video of the inside of the cookie 
And that got about 2.7 million. Oh my gosh. So it's a big difference. So obviously the longer videos are still important, but I think that a combination of the two is definitely good because maybe the longer ones are going to help people go to your blog being like, oh, now I kind of see how to make this. But the shorter ones, people want to see what does it look like on the inside or what does the texture on the outside look like? And I can see... I totally agree with you. When I'm scrolling through Instagram, I love those really short ones. Right. And I've noticed that just as a user, I watch them repeatedly. Like if it's really, if it's like a cookie that you're talking about and you see the inside and there's like an amazing texture or something, I'll be like, oh gosh, that was amazing. And I'll keep watching it over and over. So I actually end up watching it for like 30 seconds, but it's a three second video. Exactly. And that obviously helps the person who posted it. But, you know, as a viewer, that helps you too, because in those few seconds, you're determining, do you want to make this cookie? Do you not want to make this cookie? What does the inside look like? "Eh, No, I don't like chewy cookies. I like crunchy or vice versa. You'll know right in those few split seconds whether this is something that you are interested in. Right. How long do you spend just putting the reel together? Do you, I'm assuming you take video from existing stuff that you already have and you just like, cut it way down and put it on. How long does that take you each day? So when I actually, I kind of have everything prepared ahead of time. So when I'm making a new recipe, for example, we'll use these strawberry sugar cookies. When I was making these cookies, I, you know, did the video and I did the process shots. But what I do is when I shoot the video, I make sure to only do clips at a time. So if I'm pouring in the flour, I take that and then I stop the camera and then I continue so that it's easier for me. You know, this is my experience when I put them all together to make a longer video, but also it's easier this way to just be able to pull out that three second clip where I'm just showing the cookies. So I kind of have those all ready to go, which is great. So I don't have to keep editing every time I want to post a video. Mm -hmm. I have them saved, you know, in my phone like, okay, I'm going to, today I'm just going to show this three second clip and I have it ready to go. So it really doesn't take me any time at all. The longest thing is obviously the longer video, but I have it in such a way that I have the clips kind of organized so that I just pop them in and they're good to go. How often do you post those more long form videos? Uh, You know, not that often. I'll post every time I do a new recipe. So actually today I have a new recipe coming out. So I will post the longer video today. But then the next time I post, um, like today is going to be brownies, small batch brownies. And next time I post them, it's going to be the short clip. Okay. And that will most likely do better than the long video where I'm talking, et cetera. Do you ever have an instance where the long video does better? I have never had that happen. (laughs) I mean, maybe other people have had that happen, but for me... No, the my videos that have gone, you know, quote unquote viral or whatever you want to call it, um, have always been a few seconds long. Okay, well, that's good. Hello, everyone. Jumping in quick to talk about Rank IQ, the keyword research tool that has given me so much extra traffic in the past year and a half. I've personally been using this tool for my food blog actively since the summer of 2021. Prior to that, I dabbled, but then I saw a roundup post take off that I had run through Rank IQ. 
So I adopted that whole do more of what's working mindset and ran a bunch more content that was relevant to my blog through the tool. I started seeing exponential growth pretty quickly for a few reasons. One, I was consistent with publishing content during the winter months. I don't typically publish new content in the summer. Two, the Rank IQ Optimizer works like pure magic. And three, I put a big focus on non-recipe content to support my massive database of recipes that I've spent the last 12 years growing. I just analyzed my top 100 posts from the time period January 1st, 2022, and today, mid-March 2023. During that 14-month time period and just analyzing those top 100 posts, my blog has received 776,176 page views from new Rank IQ content alone. Using this tool consistently is such an incredible way to get a traffic boost. Check it out for yourself at rankiq.com back to the episode. And then you talked about the fact that you should at least post once a day. Do you ever post more than that? I actually do. So this is very interesting. Um, And this kind of goes along with consistency too. But every time I Google anything, they always say, oh, you only should post once a day. If you post more than once a day, that's too much and they'll view it as spammy or it's going to cut your engagement down. I found that is the opposite. Okay. I've been posting pretty much twice a day consistently, probably for this past year. And I don't know, I've seen, like I said, this kind yeah. of crazy, crazy growth. And the one thing is, though, I do try and post at my key times, right? So I won't post them in a row. I won't post one video, then, you know, 10 minutes later, post another one. I'll, let's say if my key times, and you can see this on your, you know, your professional dashboard, my key times are 12 o'clock and three o'clock, or if your key times are two o'clock and five o'clock, then that's when I'm posting, I'm trying anyway, to post my two reels, right? Okay. At those key times. I haven't been in insights recently. Is it obvious to see what your key times are? It is. It is. So if you go into like your, you know, professional dashboard. So if you go into there, yeah, professional dashboard and you click on account insights and you click see all and then you just scroll over and you can see your followers and you click on your total followers and then you scroll to the bottom it will show you most active times of the people who are looking at your stuff okay so stick to those if you can like i said if you forget and it's nine o'clock at night whatever post yeah. anyway because i've i've seen some reels that do better when i've done that right yeah and then do you schedule out or do you do it real time? I don't. Okay. You know, I do it in real time because I had read different things about, oh, some people say if you schedule out, that doesn't get as much engagement, this, that, and the other thing. I don't know if that's true yeah. or not, um, but I don't. I just, I do it myself because I pretty much will reuse captions that I've used before and I have them saved. Um, so I can just kind of like copy and paste hashtags so I don't have to sit there typing the whole thing out every single time that I post, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what is the standard practice lately on hashtags? You know, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest with you. Throw something up and see so what happens. I, yeah. Maybe six months ago, I was using a lot more hashtags, the, the total amount you could pretty much use. And then there was this shift and everybody kind of said, well, no, you should be using like eight to 12 or something like that hashtags, so a lot less. So I actually did start using a lot less. So now I'm using around, you know, this eight to 12 kind of range. And I don't know, you know, how I feel about it yet. (laughs) I'm still kind of 
Not decided because sometimes I'll every now and then we'll throw one with a lot of hashtags in just to see how it does. And I haven't really noticed a major difference between the two yet. So okay. and I even tried one with no hashtags because some things I was reading was saying, oh, if you're now hashtags are limiting your audience, you shouldn't use them. That did not work out for me. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I'm like, okay, to the hashtags, but I'm trying to use around 8 to 12. Okay, perfect. And then what about, so we're talking about reels. Do we still include those static images in and then carousels as well? What are your thoughts on those right, two things? So that's a good question because I feel like I heard now that Insta is saying they might be going back to making pictures more of a priority. Um but who knows? <laughs> because oh, I feel like yeah. everything is so geared towards video right now. And I feel like that engages people more. So I'm not sure. But I did notice, you know, because I'll look into this, the other accounts that are larger who have been posting photos here and there in between their reels, I feel like they're not getting the same results on their pictures that they are on their okay. reels still. So, I mean, I guess it could not hurt, right, to, to do both. Yeah. But I wouldn't completely eliminate one versus the other. A combination of the two is definitely something you do. Like if you, in the morning, say, okay, I'm going to post a reel. And then maybe later you say, okay, I'll post a picture. But I would still, as of right now, at least, put more of your weight into the reels. Okay. And I like what you said about just going and looking at other like large accounts just to see what they're right. doing and what, what's working. I think that's something that we can all do is just yes. keep a close eye on those really big accounts. Right. Because something is working doing. well yeah. for them, right? Yeah. So you want to see what it's not that you're trying to copy them, but you no. know, you're trying to see what works well and, and how they're succeeding. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Reels is really where it's at. Now, I know this is also a topic that has been discussed a lot lately amongst food bloggers, the quality, how good of quality do we need to publish? Right. So there's a couple of things regarding quality. So number one, I think, in my opinion, if we're talking about pictures, that the quality of pictures still really does matter. Because I know a lot of times people just put up a reel and they won't pick, you know, how you can choose the cover photo and they just have it as part of the video, kind of like TikTok does. Right. But I feel like adding that cover photo really makes a difference because if somebody's just seeing your reel on the explore page or whatever it is, okay, fine. But if they're interested in what you're making, then maybe that brings them to your page. And if your page has this kind of cohesive, clean look to it, I feel as though it's going to be a lot more inviting and people might be like, Ooh, look at all these, look at all this yeah. <laughs> food here. Um, versus if it's just clips of videos, which sometimes can be confusing depending on what it's showing. Um, so that's my opinion on the quality of pictures. As for quality of videos, you know, there are some really amazing people out there who have these incredible videos that are like so artistic and so beautiful. And then unfortunately, their following doesn't really match the quality mm. of their work. I think, you know, I do mine on my iPhone. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, it's easier and quicker. And number two, I feel like there's a part of it that kind of gives this 
more like I can do this too feel mm, to it. It's yes. not as far removed as this gorgeous, like artistic piece where somebody else is like, well, that's beautiful, but I can't do that. Right. You know, I feel like there's a, when you're using your phone, it's a lot more like, Oh, I can, I can make that. I can do that. Okay. Relatability. More, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that as a trend as well, just from hearing blogger friends talk about that, that it really, like you can put pretty little effort into creating video these days and get a lot of try. And that goes for TikTok as well. Just like the, right. almost like the crappier, the better. <laughs> right. They want to see it. They want to be able to connect to it. You know, people who should earn their camera too, that's totally fine. But I feel like if you're trying to not spend so much time on this, then I really think the iPhone or whatever is is fine. And this is kind of a relief for me because back in the day, oh my gosh, we had to, I felt like we curated everything. Your, my kitchen had to be spotless. There was something on top of my fridge and I was mortified. And now it's like, no, make your kitchen messy. People want to re- be able to relate to you. So I think this is really freeing and liberating. <laughs> Good news for a lot of people. Okay. Is there anything we missed? I do have a question for you to kind of wrap up, but I just want to make sure there's nothing that we miss, like logistically, anything else we should keep in mind about creating reels? You know, one thing I didn't talk about, which is something that a lot of people do mention is the reels bonuses, right? Is it worth doing these bonuses? Do the bonuses hurt your engagement? I've had so many people say that, when they did the bonuses, it was not worth it at all because they're making basically pennies off of their reel and it's actually hurting their engagement and they're getting less views and less comments. I don't know. I found the opposite of that to be true. You know, I got accepted to reels bonuses basically a year ago and I've been doing them. Sure, you're not going to be making loads of money, but I found that it really hasn't been hurting the views. You know, I still have certain ones that go viral. I still have people commenting kind of the same. It's not like it has been hurting me when I made the switch from uh, not doing bonuses to doing bonuses. Okay. So, you know, I'm not really sure what makes some people think that it is hurting their engagement. I mean, maybe they notice their numbers going down, but for me, you know, like I said, it really, I haven't noticed anything negative. Well, that's good. I'm glad you have Right, because if you can make a few either. extra yeah. bucks, it's great, you know, right. so it helps. And maybe that coincides with other factors too. You just never know what else is going on. Like maybe there was an algorithm change, you know, like something Correct. else right. could have happened at that point. So it's really hard to measure that, I think. Right. But really good to hear that experience that you've had. Okay, I have a a question just about if someone's listening and they're like, yes, I definitely want to dig into Instagram. I want to, I want to do this. I would love to hear from you. What is like the bare minimum you think that someone could put in and see traction? Great question. So I know, like I said, it's, it's difficult (laughs) to post multiple times a day like I'm doing, but I think at least the number one thing, I think the biggest thing, like we talked about in the beginning is is the consistency. I really, really think that you have to post every single day. I mean, if it's one, it's one. You know, if you're just doing one reel a day, that's fine. But you really, it has to be every single day, including the weekends. Okay. But it doesn't have to be new. Okay. And when I say every single day, that doesn't mean it has to be new material every single day, meaning it doesn't have to be a new recipe. And you're like, well, I don't have a new recipe, so now I can't post anything tomorrow. (laughs) Reuse your material, which is something that I do. So like every couple months or whatever, I'll post a video again 
Yeah. That I have already posted. And that's the great thing about these three-second videos or reels being so popular is that you can grab any three seconds from yes. the video that you create for a recipe. Right. And But if you are doing like the short three-second one, I would make sure, like I said earlier, it gets right to the point. Like either you're breaking something open or you're showing what the inside of it looks like, something that's going to like grab people right away. Yeah. All right. Any last advice for people wanting to grow quickly before we start saying goodbye? Just keep at it. You know, that's the biggest thing too, because it can be very frustrating. <laughs> it can be tiresome to constantly sit there after you post. Now I got to respond to all these comments. I have to comment on other people's posts, but, you know, stick with it. And if you stick with it, I really think you will notice some improvement. Do you feel like Instagram is on the precipice of big changes? I know that that's also been kind of a, a rumor floating around, like, Something right. big is about to change. Do you feel that? It's possible. I mean, you know, I was so frustrated <laughs> in the beginning because I feel like I got an Instagram later. You know, I didn't start till, or this page. I had my own Instagram account, but I didn't start the food one until 2019. And then when they switched from pictures to reels, I was so frustrated because it was like, I just feel like I figured this <laughs> out. <laughs> now it's changing it. So, you know, I, I'm not sure. It's hard to kind of gauge what is going to happen next. But what I can say from my experiences, because when they first made that switch, I was kind of adamant, no, I'm just going to keep posting my pictures. But I think we have to be, you know, unfortunately more fluid and kind of go with the flow of what they're leaning towards. Because that's, if if you want to grow large, that's how Right. It's going to happen. Resisting anything has never gone well. I mean, that goes for Instagram or anything else. So just go with it. Just flow with it. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so relevant and valuable. And I can see a lot of people just really loving this information that you provided. So thank you, Lee. This has been of great. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was such a fun chat. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration that you want to share with us? Sure. It's actually... a favorite quote of mine since a long time, for a long time, but it actually kind of goes along with what I just said. And um, it's actually by Thomas Edison. And he said, you know, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. And I feel that's so true, especially in in anything in life, obviously, but also in if you're trying to grow on Instagram, it's like, well, this reel did horribly. It tanked and I didn't see any views that's it. Forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired of wasting my time. Nope. Post later in the day. Just post again. Just do, do it again. Try again. See what happens. So anyone who is interested can find me on laneandgrayfair.com and it's gray with an E-G-R-E-Y F-A-R-E.com And that's where I have all my recipes. So thanks, Megan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.